0: Just given how well they've done in the past and how big they've become, I I think that's their big area of revenue, right, would be the subscriptions. And so if they have a big gain in subscriptions, investors are pleased, it gives them the money to go create new content, hire new people, et cetera, et cetera. That's probably more in their wheelhouse than selling ads, which they haven't been doing for very long. And it doesn't seem like they're very successful at it. Maybe yet, maybe they're going to keep going. uh, But it seems like Netflix's bread and butter has been subscribers for a long time and they're continuing to do that well.
1: Now, how long are those new subscribers going to stick around if that Hollywood strike keeps going and there's no new content in the second half of this year?
0: It's a good question because it can be answered two ways. No new content is bad for Hollywood, period, end of sentence. Well. The but in that sentence is Netflix because it has so much content. And if everything shuts down, and this would be a rough go given how successful all of a sudden theaters and the movies have become, uh, if everything shuts down, people will actually turn to Netflix.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Friday, July 28th installment of the Silicon Insider the Only Uncensored Look and Life and Business in the Valley. My name with the gravelly voice is Mike Malone. And I'm here with special contributor Scott Budman of NBC Bay Area. Our producer is Jordan Henderson. Our East Coast correspondent is Bob Grove. And our host is the Silicon Valley Business Channel. Okay, so watching NBC Bay Area the other night, Looks like Elon did it. I saw him taking the the bluebird off the sign outside the headquarters in San Francisco and some of the letters. Does that signify it's now called X.com?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that signifies that it's X. I think Musk can pretty much do with the company what he wants. He's going to call it X. I doubt very many other people will, to be honest. Uh, There are several reasons we can go into if you'd like about that. But uh, as far as the outside side, it still has at least the ER part of Twitter as we speak. And it's not a complete job, which you can say about the whole transition so far, I think.
1: Yeah, it's kind of an allegory. Uh, Why would he abandon Twitter? I mean, the name Twitter, it's become so embedded into modern cultural life. Why can't he just keep Twitter? Twitter as a function of his new mega platform, whatever
0: it includes. Why can't you keep Twitter as a component of that? It's a great question. Uh, If we know anything, um, after covering Silicon Valley for decades between us, we know there is power in a good brand, whether that's Apple or Google. Twitter is a really, really popular brand. Anywhere in the world you go, people know that bird, and they know Twitter, and they know what it stands for. Um, far beyond the size of the company, I think, is the power of that brand. Why he would change that to a letter of the alphabet is baffling, especially since he's trying to grow the site and add advertising. Um, I understand his fascination with X.com. Remember, it was X.com before it was PayPal. He's held on to it. He wants to make this mega app. But he's breaking down the most powerful part of it, which is the brand, and that I don't understand.
1: Yeah, you know, my early days as a reporter, I would occasionally put, you Xerox something, or he Xerox this, and I would get a cease and desist letter from the lawyer, corporate attorneys at Xerox saying, we are a distinct company, please do not use that as a verb. They were trying to hang on to a word that was so part of our culture at the time that they had to defend it regularly. And now Elon just looks like he's just giving it away. It's, it's kind of amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a brand that's worth billions of dollars, everyone is saying, and here's a company struggling to keep billions of dollars. I, I don't know. I, I really, um, you know, it, it's all very baffling because here's a guy who has built up brands. I mean, in the space world, SpaceX is a huge brand. In the EV world, in the automotive world in general, Tesla is a huge brand. And and yet to break down such a, a 15-year powerhouse of a brand that everyone knows and it's it's there's a verb to tweet it's part of our lexicon it's i I just can't figure out how anyone would think this is a good move uh and yet we seem to be progressing towards x no one's going to say i x'd this or whatever and granted you know facebook and instagram they're part of meta right but nobody uses the term meta and to Mark Zuckerberg's credit and that company's credit, they kept Facebook and Instagram as Facebook and Instagram. Alphabet is a company. No one uses that term. They still use Google. Everybody understands this. Uh, so I, I don't see the term or the verb Twitter or tweet to go away uh, as far as Musk may try to do that.
1: And for three generations, X has been equated with see-me stuff. Right. Yeah, it, it just boggles the mind. Anyway, you talked about advertising at uh, Twitter. Looks like uh, Musk has lowered the rates uh, trying to get some some of that effort, lost advertising back. Yeah. I think I, he's an expert on that.
0: I mean, you know, that's traditionally what advertisers do, say, during a recession or tough times. Um, as we know now from the Federal Reserve, we're not in a recession, and everybody's spending money, uh, except apparently advertisers on Twitter. And Musk and also. Uh,
1: well, we'll talk about Netflix in a few minutes too, because apparently they're doing the same
0: thing—is cutting their rates, perhaps. But remember, Netflix became a gigantic company without advertising. Yes, um, they have subscriptions, and they sell a ton of them. Twitter is trying to sell these eight-dollar blue check marks, not very successfully. Musk is his own worst enemy to advertisers because we've talked about the content of Twitter going downhill. Advertisers don't want to be linked with that. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge for a really successful brand like Twitter to sell advertising. Imagine the challenge ahead for something that may be called X to sell advertising.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, One one suggestion is that uh, Twitter began to cut advertising prices in response to the potential threat from threats. But as we know, after that agreement, Incredible initial launch uh, with amazing subscription numbers. The place has fallen like what eighty percent in terms of usage, and or even ninety percent. I mean, there's even reports out of Meta that Zuckerberg barely uses it. I mean, this is this has got to be one of the biggest product user base crashes in history. I mean, just in a matter of three weeks, you they've lost. Most of the most of their business. How did that happen? What's wrong with threads?
0: I don't think they lost 90 percent of their business. I think the growth slowed considerably. Yeah. That makes sense for something that got to a hundred million that fast. Now the growth rate is much slower because people jumped on it and then realized, well, this is kind of another Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so I think the growth slowdown makes sense. As far as a revenue advertising threat to Twitter, it's there. But it's going to take some time. Facebook uh, and even Instagram took time to put advertising on the site. Threads, uh, I don't think, is going to have advertising anytime really soon. And so there is a window for competitors, whether it's TikTok or uh, Twitter, to uh, to to try to snag ad advertisers before Threads starts opening itself up to ads. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's a crowded. Field right now, which is both good for consumers, but at the same time, you know, you have to ask yourself when I come up with a story or something clever to post, how many places do I really want to put it on? Do I want to put it on threads? Do I want to put it on Twitter? Do I need to hit Instagram? Do I have to go to TikTok? Am I going to put it on spill? What about blue sky? There are all of these places now that are vying for your eyeballs. And until that shakes out, um, it's, it's interesting because TikTok was a winner in one way, Instagram kind of in another, and Twitter was a winner in one way. But now that's up for grabs. So it's it's confusing. I
1: also think they're running out of niches, new niches, and they're also they're saturating the ones they have. So they're being forced to try to find something new, and to do so, they're colliding with each other now, which is kind of the
0: history of tech, right? Right. I mean, and I think it's- ultimately yeah, but- the consumers will decide, and that's very good. But the consumers right now, I think, are deciding. And so some are going to shake out and some are going to have really slow growth while the others sort of take off. Uh, and I think we're in that inflection point just starting now to see of the six or seven places where you can put the same exact post, which ones uh, are are people going to choose?
1: Well, you got to be in Particular, you got to be really busy because when you file a story, you put it on these other sites. I mean, you got some sites you've reached millions of users on certain days, right? How do you decide? I mean, do you just sit there for an hour and start loading it into you know, Twitter and TikTok and Facebook and all that, or you what are you going to do?
0: So, yeah, I'm one of those uh people, one of those consumers that is in the in the In the process of culling the herd right now, I did for a couple of crazy, confusing uh, eyeball tearing up weeks, put everything everywhere. But you start to see, you know, Twitter for me is the main thrust of where I get the audience. And so I'm going to stay there. Um, You know, I'm trying to be on threads. Threads is growing. That's interesting. It's growing for me by, say, hundreds of followers, maybe dozens of followers. Blue sky, one or two a day. Spill is still slow. So I think eventually I'll be like a lot of people that are saying, okay, I'm still getting the pin action over here and not so much with three, these three or four, so I'm just going to leave these because I want to be over here. Now, if I were a social media manager, maybe the pressure would be on to hit three or four of those each time, uh, and that that's going to get confusing and, and kind of tiring, I think, for people.
1: Okay, well, as long as we're on uh, Zuckerberg and Meta, they had a really good uh, quarterly announcement. I mean, they're they're back on top. They're flying. I mean, the market has been setting record numbers the last week or two, but Meta's doing really well, which is interesting because they came out with their numbers, and everyone went, yay. But then there was a little addition addendum to that, saying, and we we intend to spend a whole lot more on the Metaverse in 2024. Now, they've burned, what, $20 billion so far in the metaverse with not a whole lot to show for it. And the market was like, oh, OK, still bumped it up 7% on the announcement, the stock value. It's like, what are they doing? I mean, is, is, is this truly, is Zuckerberg really thinks he's on something and they're going to, they're starting to see progress in the labs? Or is this his white whale? And he's he's publicly committed to it, so his ego won't allow him to walk away.
0: I mean, there may be something in there. He does seem committed to it. And you're right, in the earning report, they said we're still gonna pursue this and we're still losing a ton of money. But investors and remember when they, they on surge, surge on the metaverse next year. Yeah, and this is something that cost them a tremendous amount of market value. Their stock Was it like $90 a share at the end of last year? Here we are seven, eight months later, and it has surged. It has tripled. It's just crazy what this year of efficiency has done for investor enthusiasm for meta to the point where you're right when Zuckerberg says we're still going to throw money into this big pit of the metaverse. Investors did shrug their shoulders this time, and I think it's because he has proven that if push comes to shove, he can cut costs and focus on where the profits are. And that was really something important to prove to investors. But yeah, I think it's a legitimate question to say, how far is he going to go with this metaverse that really has not made a dent, not only in users, but in, in profits, which it, it's far, far from.
1: Now, meanwhile, speaking of advertising revenues, Google had a, a really good quarter too, thanks to their advertising revenues. And it's kind of interesting, they're they're shuffling around senior management over there in the big tent in Mountain View. I mean, they, they've taken um, their CFO, Porat, and making him president and chief investment officer.
0: That is a her, by the way, Ruth Porat.
1: her? Okay. Sorry. have heaven, I've never covered her story. Uh, so what's with that move? I mean, to be a president of the company, well, she's not CEO, so- She's not, strictly speaking, a day-to-day line person, but chief investment officer, is Google contemplating uh, another round of mergers and
0: acquisitions? I think they have been doing that. I mean, Google needs to grow. It needs to grow just in the AI space. It has its own venture capital arm that's been quite successful it also has that sort of skunk work operation that's given us some successes and some failures but it's clearly not afraid to spend money when it comes to investment and i think it's a move by a really i mean heck for silicon valley terms this is now an, a mature you know company and what they do what mature companies do are you know either just pay out investments and in coast or say hey we're going to continue to invest and growth excuse me and grow and uh, not just pay out dividends, but we're going to uh, continue to invest and grow. And and I think that's an important move that investors like because they're worried it's going to become one of those just sort of you know sit and rest on its laurel stocks during a time when it's got this really, really big vein of profit to tap into, and that's artificial intelligence.
1: Well, a CFO, she, she obviously knows where the money is and how much they got to right. go out and spend on new investments. So- we should see some, you know, dynamic activity coming out of there pretty soon. Okay, Netflix, they're cutting ad prices. As you mentioned, they just got in the advertising business. It sounds like, it's sort of like a barometer. The ones that are that are getting a lot of advertisers are doing really well. And the ones that apparently are not getting the level of advertising they want are trying to bargain basement their way into
0: the game again. Does that sound right? Yeah, I mean, Netflix is kind of a, a special category because it's, it's sort of trying to get it both ways, right? You have subscriptions, and then you're trying to sell some ads. I think what came out of Netflix's earning report was a pretty impressive gain in subscribers. And I think just given how well they've done in the past and how big they've become, I, I think that's their big area of revenue, right? Would be the subscriptions. And so if they have a big gain in subscriptions, investors are pleased. It gives them the money to go create new content, hire new people, et cetera, et cetera. That's probably more in their wheelhouse than selling ads, which they haven't been doing for very long. And it doesn't seem like they're very successful at it. Maybe yet, maybe they're going to keep going. uh, But it seems like Netflix's bread and butter has been subscribers for a long time, and they're continuing to do that well.
1: Now, how long are those new subscribers going to stick around if that Hollywood strike keeps going and there's no new content in the second half of this year?
0: It's a good question because it can be answered two ways. No new content is bad for Hollywood, period, end of sentence. Well, the but in that sentence is Netflix because it has so much content. And if everything shuts down, and this would be a rough go given how successful all of a sudden theaters and the movies have become, uh, if everything shuts down, People will actually turn to Netflix. Remember, Netflix really grew during the pandemic because people... Wait,
1: weren't we supposed to just stop watching cable and go out into the into
0: the natural world and the sunshine once the lockdown ended? Yes, and we did. And boy, I mean, look at the box office weekend that has just hit. Could you imagine the bad timing of this strike if that stuff comes to a halt now that people are back in love with the theater experience and doing it as a community and having popcorn, et cetera? But... The big winner in that, I think, would be Netflix.
1: Okay. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, meanwhile, Microsoft's revenues. I mean, the unexpected high flyer of the last few years have been Microsoft. I mean, they were an aging company. They looked—they were getting sclerotic. And now, boom, they're taking off. Well, they finally kind of hit the ceiling and they've, they've flattened out. And it would have been worse, but they, they're doing really well in AI. That seemed to have lifted all the boats in the company's revenue we project.
0: Yeah, that's the hot area right now. And that's why I think, you know, Microsoft is going to be okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they've they really stuck to a small number of things uh, since Satya Nadella took over, and they've really succeeded in all of them. And if they're seeing a dip in one area, they're seeing strength in another. I mean, Microsoft is just sort of seeing this second life as a gargantuan success. And it's really impressive, uh, given, like you say, how they were sort of put out to pasture as, as an old school company. Like
1: we last time, you get a great CEO, they can revitalize an old company.
0: Right, and uh, and that's clearly what Nadella has done, and uh, and I think that the idea that Microsoft is saying, hey, look at this AI success, is going to kickstart everybody else, because right now, most of these AI companies are in startup mode, they're getting funded, but they're not seeing profits yet, and I think the two companies that have really proven that money can be made in this is Microsoft and NVIDIA.
1: Yeah, and maybe Google soon with their new investment officer. Maybe that's what that's all about is get into AI with both seats. Yeah, okay. Uh, Interesting piece of news came across. I didn't realize this was happening, but more than 200 school districts across the country kind of being Mm -hmm. propelled on by plaintiff's lawyers are filing lawsuits against social media companies, including uh, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, and YouTube, for essentially turning students into, making them discipline problems and um, creating mental health problems. They're going to try to do a massive class action suit, basically America's public schools versus America's social networks. I mean, you kind of shake your head and go, how's that going to happen? But we've seen these major class action suits over the last 20 years get very very successful if, if they're, Accurate, they bring out a lot of horrifying facts. If they're not accurate, it's a pretty good, sh- good shakedown model. What are you, are you hearing anything about this? I mean, I haven't seen it covered a lot in the news, but apparently, it's building steam.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've covered this a couple of times, and the schools have a point, uh, but they're going up against largely Section Two Thirty, right? And so, are these social media sites responsible for? the posts and even the conduct of those who are on the sites. You know, that's we're talking about that in January 6th and, and all that sort of thing as well. I just don't know uh what the answer will be. And I don't think even the school districts know, but they're frustrated. They're putting up their hands. I mean you get these crazy TikTok challenges that are even damaging to schools and property. And how who else would you blame if not the individuals or or even the social media sites that are passing this around? Again, it, it has come up a lot in the January 6th hearings. So I really don't know what comes of this. There's also a lot of talk at, at changing, if, if not getting rid of Section 230, to make these sites at least somewhat responsible for the emissions of their users.
1: Well, I'll make a prediction. I think you can go around Section 230 and not argue about the danger of the content because you can't win on that. But all of these sites have used casino... And addiction techniques to get young people essentially addicted to the to the experience. And if you can show that was done premeditated to get control of kids' brains,
0: you would have a hell of a case. Possibly, I mean, look at the example of January sixth. So all these individuals who participated uh, in those riots and the you know on the Capitol, they were arrested as individuals, and they're saying, "Oh, I was just following." You know, a, a TikTok prompt or something, or or what I saw on Facebook, and the authorities have said we don't care. As an individual, you did this, and we're going to arrest you for it. So if you can somehow catch up to, you know, people who are say ripping off a car or damaging a school because of a TikTok challenge, and they say ah, but it's something that I was challenged on TikTok, and they would say again that doesn't matter. You as an individual did this, and so we're going to discipline you for that. Um, that might act as a deterrent without having to get into Section two thirty. Uh, But I I don't know where these things are legally or anything like that. I do know that the schools are very frustrated uh, because they feel they're losing, um, I don't know, discipline and and things like that because of these sites.
1: Okay, well, finally, as long as we're on robbing kids' brains, uh, TikTok announced it is launching an e-commerce business in the U.S. to sell Chinese-made goods to kids. So now that TikTok has their, our nation's kids' souls, now they're going to go after their wallets. So, I mean, wouldn't you think TikTok might kind of pull back a little on doing this stuff? You know, unless they're getting orders from Beijing. I mean, I don't know why they would do this right now when they're the, you know, they're the, the bad guys in this story in, in, in the minds of our legislators and most of the American population.
0: Yeah, there's something to be said for hubris in the tech industry. And I know you've seen this a million times in, in, you know, the career of a journalist here. But um, I mean, TikTok, now you're going to talk about commerce? I would say the same thing to Elon Musk. Now you're going to talk about turning Twitter into a bank? Are you kidding me? These are times when trust is at its all-time low. And now they're saying, well, we're going to have a place to store your money. This is crazy talk, and I, I don't see it working all that well. I mean, there are payment sites uh, from PayPal to Zelle to Venmo that work uh, because they've earned trust. But when these sites are at their, if not all-time low, (laughs) when they're at a low point when it comes to trust, now's not the time to talk about getting our money. I'm sorry. It's just not.
1: Yeah. They don't have enough goodwill to be able to take advantage of that goodwill to get consumers to follow them. Right. And then- you know, it's a it's a strange time, and I mean, it's it's like these companies were just batting down their hatches during the during the lockdown, and now they're cut loose, and we're just seeing just how crazy they actually are. It's going to be a very interesting rest of this year, I think.
0: Right. I think if you study, and I have not, but if you study users of WeChat in China, which is you know this so-called mega app that Elon Musk is talking about. I'm guessing there's a whole lot of trust in each individual thing—the social aspect, the retail aspect, the finance aspect—but you need all of that to come together. And these sites just don't have that right now. If you're called up to Capitol Hill, or if you're, you know, being criticized for giving a platform to Nazis, now's not the time to say, "Hey, let's talk commerce," because people aren't I'm
1: doing money not. now. We'll trust us with your, with your with your pension money. Yeah, that's that's a great business. <laughs> exactly. Okay, before we go, I want to send out best wishes to some of our oldest and most loyal listeners. Um, to uh, Valley Pioneers, Steve and Linda Millard. Steve, it's great to see you're doing better. Uh, to, in Paris, Renault Rookabere on the pending nuptials of his oldest daughter. And to Edith Virick in Bandon. Uh, we will see you soon. And that's it for now, folks. You can find us on the Silicon Valley Business Journal homepage as well as on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Have a great weekend and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.